I don't remember yesterday. Michael and I always fight over who has to pick dinner. And the winner of these fights are always, well, I picked dinner last night. And because we are a 50-50 household, god damn it. Um, Very nice. And I said, uh, he said to me today, and I feel like this is very indicative of where I am mentally right now. He goes, I mean, you picked dinner last night. And I had to stop for a full five minutes and think about it because I could not remember for the life of me what we had for dinner last night. Yeah. All my days, especially recently, because it's been like so like overcast and kind of like crappy out the past like Mm -hmm. week. So like all my days are like starting to blend together and I'm like, am I alive even? So, are any of us alive? I mean, we're about to not be, but... So that's something I'm battling right now. <laughs> but other than that, it's the last episode of Spooktober. Can you even believe it? Every year, I'm at a point where I'm like, how did we do that? And by December, I'll be ready to do it again. I feel like this year was easier. All right. You're allowed to believe that. I, yeah. I did not have as easy a time as you did this year. But that's more because, like, right out the gate, I was like, oh, shit, we have to do one. Yeah. And also, I had that really long work period where I also had to record. And I had to work 12-hour days. And then I had to go work another day after we record. And it was the whole thing. But that's not my problem. I mean, it is my problem. Next year, I'll be in a literal fog because it's during my wedding. Mm-hmm. So that'll be yeah, and we'll get back to that. We'll get back yeah. to that. It'll be interesting. Um, um, yes, but as tradition uh, holds, we will be doing uh, spooky stories. Hell yeah! So why don't you kick us off? Okay, kick, kick. Here we go. I don't like that. I, I, Elliot, take that out, please. No. Um, <laughs> I did not like that. Um, it reminds me of we call the cats and you know how like when you call a cat you go pss, 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 pss. yes well we've taken <laughs> we, we it occurred to us I, I know you know but I'm just like <laughs> letting everybody else know like that's how you call a cat just so you know but it occurred to us approximately like two marches into quarantine that it sounds very similar to piss 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 yep. piss so now and they come running it's the worst thing because we've now trained them to do this we go piss piss <gasps> piss, 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 piss. And Hearing so that's, Michael do it is the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. But literally, I said that and I was just like, oh no, that sounds too much like piss, piss. And of course, my cats are sitting just beyond the laptop and they're like, huh? They're like, yes, mama. <laughs> you pissed? <laughs> I hate it. Go. Okay. Tell your spooky story. All right, here we go. Kick, kick, kick. The man in the middle is our first story. And it's a short one. We're starting with a short one. And then I'd like to say it progressively gets longer, but it's definitely more of a roller coaster in terms of length. But so, yes. So getting started, it was almost midnight. Sally Truitt had just gotten on the subway train at 50th Street after visiting her mother. Don't worry, Sally had told her. The subway is safe. There is a policeman on duty. But that night, she didn't see one. Except for her, the subway car was empty. At 42nd Street, three tough-looking men got on. Two of them were holding up the third, who looked drunk. His head rolled from side to side, and his legs refused to work. When they got him seated between them, his head came to rest on one of his shoulders. Sally thought he was staring at her. 
She buried her head in a book and tried not to notice. At 28th Street, one of the men stood up. Take it easy, Jim, he said to the man in the middle, and he got off. At 23rd, Jim's other friend stood up. You'll be fine, he said, and he got off. Now the only ones left in the car were Jim and Sally. Just then, the train went around a sharp curve and Jim pitched onto the floor at Sally's feet. When she looked down at him, she saw a trickle of blood on the side of his head, and just above it, a bullet hole. (gasps) We love New York. And I started reading this one and I was like, almost midnight, girl gets on subway, fuck. Three scary looking dudes get on the subway with her, fuck. No cop. We've all been there. I, I was no, but then I was like, no cop. Okay, good. And then I'm like, oh, she's alone. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been on a subway car, like at 125th Street, trying to go all the way downtown at like two o'clock in the morning after nah. drinking at a bar that didn't card, <laughs> like <laughs> alone. And I'm like, this is exactly what my mother wanted for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every woman's <laughs> yeah. dream. Uh, never found anybody with a bullet hole in their head, though. So. Yeah, I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I—I I mean, I've seen—I've seen my fair share of dicks, but yeah, bullet hole. Yeah, we've all seen sounds there, much Wiener. worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was spooky and like plausible. Yes, that's the worst part. I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine I found. Uh, just randomly on Facebook, posted by somebody named uh, Kathy Trevelin. Uh, it, it was shared like a bunch around uh, Facebook. I'm going to say it's definitely not real, mm-hmm. uh, but it was pitched as being real. Okay. So here we go. It has no title. It's just uh, a thing. Okay. Uh, after succumbing to a fever of sort in 1705, Irish woman Marjorie McCall was hastily buried to prevent the spread of whatever had done her in. Marjorie was buried with a valuable ring, which her husband had been unable to remove due to swelling. This made her an even better target for body snatchers who could cash in on both the corpse and the ring. The evening after Marjorie was buried, before the soil had even settled, the grave robbers showed up and started digging. Unable to pry the ring off her finger, they decided to cut the finger off. As soon as blood was drawn, Marjorie awoke from her coma, sat straight up, and screamed. The fate of the grave robbers remains unknown. One story says that the man dropped dead on the spot, while others claim that they fled and never returned to their chosen profession. Marjorie climbed out of the hole and made her way back home. Her husband, John, a doctor, was at home with the children when he heard a knock at the door. He told the children, if your mother were still alive, I'd swear that was her knock. When he opened the door to find his wife standing there, dressed in her burial clothes, blood dripping from her finger, but very much alive, he dropped dead on the floor. He was buried in the plot that Marjorie had vacated. Fuck! Marjorie went on to remarry and have several children. When she did finally die, she was returned to Skankle Cemetery in Lurgan, Ireland, where her gravestone still stands. It bears the inscription, lived once, buried twice. That's a good fit for our Buried Alive episode. It is. Also, I don't fuck, think that's man. real. I hope it's not. I would very you, much enjoy it if it wasn't. I'm going to tell you... It's been a rough month with all these episodes. Didn't really do too much research on the backstory of that one. So <laughs> if it is real, that's a fantastic story and I absolutely love it. If it's not, it's a creepypasta. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. Um, go for I'm it. I'm next. Okay. I've got a short one. 
Yep. Um, found this one on Twitter. Love it. Yep. Breaking. A majority of the Senate has voted to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court of the United States, giving conservatives a six to three majority. At POTUS has been appointed one third, has appointed one third of the Supreme Court in one term. That is the scariest thing. My uterus fucking clenched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'll do my real one. story. <laughs> Go for it. But, but that one, I, I feel like we need to touch on it. And that's the best way I could think of at the moment. Because yeah. how do we deal with potentially losing all our rights with humor? Mm. Yeah. So um, ironically, this next one is called Wonderful Sausage. How is that ironic? Because, <laughs> you know, like men are running the country into the ground. They all have sausages. A sausage. This is a wonderful sausage, but they I think say, they have a wonderful sausage. I would say your cat Felix is a wonderful sausage. <laughs> he is one. He no longer has one. He has not had one since he Aww. was like a month old. Poor Felix. So what about the wonderful sausage? One second, I'm Talk looking, to me about I'm looking it. at him. You ain't got no penis. He gets so sad when I say it, but it's so fun. Okay. So this is one that I was telling Haley about earlier. This is allegedly based on a true story. And dun, dun, dun. either way, whether it is or not, it's apparently like a very popular folktale in New Orleans. I have never been to New Orleans, which is also why I'm not calling it Nolens because I don't believe I've earned that right. But Nolens. if you are from there, if you have been there, if you can tell me if this is correct or not, super... Um, if you if if it's not correct, just don't then tell just me. A no, <laughs> yeah, um, no, you can tell me. But yeah, so hopping right into it. Many years ago in New Orleans, there was a German man named Hans Mueller who owned a sausage factory. The couple were very hardworking, but Mueller was growing tired of his wife. She had become old and wrinkled before her time, and he no longer found her attractive. He started having an affair with a younger woman. One dark night, Hans Mueller had an argument with his wife. He lost his temper and killed her, stuffing her body into the big meat grinder at the factory. Then he ground her up into sausage meat until nothing of her was left. To keep his evil deed a secret, he told everyone that his wife had left town. Mueller mixed his new sausage meat with ground pork and then seasoned it with salt and pepper. He added some sage and thyme and a bit of garlic and, to give it a special flavor, he smoked it in his smokehouse for a while. He called his recipe Mueller's Wonderful Sausage and sold it as a delicacy. There was such a demand for this sausage that Mueller was sold out before he knew it. He started keeping an eye out for people who he could turn into tasty sausage meat. One day, a nice plump woman came into his shop. Mueller knocked her out and ground her up. Another time, a fat little boy came by. Mueller picked him up, shoved him into the grinder, and turned him into mincemeat. One by one, all the children in the town began to go missing. Trigger warning. And so did their kittens and puppies. Oh. It, that one hurt most. That one hurt most. I had to power through it. Nobody had any idea of what was really going on. Things went on like that for years, but Mueller started getting lazy. Customers began complaining about finding bits of bone and cloth in their sausages. One woman even bit into her sausage and found a gold wedding ring. His girlfriend heard the gossip and broke up with him, telling him she didn't want to see him anymore. One night, Mueller was working in the factory when he heard a mysterious thump, thump, thump coming from his boiling vat. Then, as he watched in horror and disbelief, 
the bloody ghost of his wife emerged from the grinder. Her head was crushed to a pulp, her brains were dripping down her face, and her eyeballs were hanging out. Mueller started shrieking in terror and fled from the place. The neighbors heard his screams and wanted to know what was going on. When they went into the factory, they found a stack of dead bodies piled in the storage room just waiting to be ground up into meat. When people saw this, they realized what had become of all the missing children, trigger warning, and puppies and kittens. (sighs) And the neighbors called the police, and when they arrived, they found Hans Mueller cowering in his factory, screaming and crying and waving a big butcher knife around. He was raving like a maniac and kept saying his wife was coming out of the sausage grinder to get him. Mueller spent the rest of his life in an insane asylum and eventually committed suicide. The ghost of his wife was never seen again, and neither was his wonderful sausage meat. Oh, I know, that's the worst shame. part. Tragic. Like, uh, yeah, I, people died, but like... I looked it up real quick, and there is various reports of it. So it could possibly be true, or it could be one of those just like folklore things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Very interesting. All right. My next one is called Darkness in the Rearview Mirror. Oh, fuck no. Uh, (laughs) No. Uh, No. When I see, I found like a bunch of these online. This says that the source is creepypasta.com, but when I clicked on the link to like go to that site, Mm -hmm. uh, it said that there was an error. So. Uh, maybe it's a now defunct website. I do not know, but it's called Darkness in the Rearview Mirror. Nice. So, in the summer of 2013, I found myself driving home alone on Highway 902 from a party. It was almost midnight, and needless to say, it was pitch black. As was usual at night, I was on edge. I had the radio off and could hear nothing but the muffled roar of tires on pavement and the dull hum of the engine. I stole a glance into the middle rearview mirror and saw nothing but darkness through the black, through the back window. I know that I looked backward and saw nothing. I'm sure of it. Just the seemingly endless blackness of the night. I remember it so clearly because not 10 seconds later, a car passed me to the left. Headlights on. I had one of those sudden adrenaline rushes, like when you see a person outside your bedroom window when it's just a tree or when you start awake at night with a feeling of falling. Ten seconds earlier, nothing had been behind me. Suddenly, a car. I drove the rest of the way home shivering and knowing something was off. The next morning, I found two sets of scratches near the back of my van. One was on the left rear, one was on the right. The car was pretty old. Uh, They could have been there for months, but that was the first time I distinctly remember seeing them. In hindsight, there are two possibilities for what happened that night. Possibility one. By some glitch of reality or something paranormal, this other car had somehow appeared behind me within 10 seconds of me checking my mirror, like some weird ghost crap or something. However, the second option is what makes my blood run cold whenever I consider it. It didn't even occur to me until months after the fact, but it makes me dread driving alone at night even more. Possibility two? The car was normal. It had approached me from the rear and passed me to my left. However, something large and wide and as black as the night had been clinging to the rear of my car, obscuring my view through the window and leaving deep scratches on the side, and I had inadvertently driven home with it. Fuck you. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck no. Absolutely not. Do you know how often I drive home alone in the dark? And so many people drive home alone in the dark? Yeah, but they're not a puss like me. And 
and causing traffic violations? I would cause traffic violations. I probably Not you this this black demon. I also would cause traffic violations as yeah. a as a very very white demon. Yeah. But yep. Ah. Drove home with a, a specter. And I like the the scary he starts with an already like relatively scary option that oh like maybe it's a ghost car. That's not the worst or maybe option, demon. though. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like that he's just like, I thought of, like, one, like, not-so-bad option. I'm like, in what universe is that a not-so-bad option? Yep. No. Mm-mm. No, thanks. What's your next one? All right. My next one is the dead man's hand. Ooh. Ooh. And this is a shorter one, so you'll be okay. You don't have to keep clarifying it. I understand. I, I, we're I, here. We're all snuggled in for the long haul here. We're here to hear some creepy, spooky stories. <laughs> I know, but like, that's not in my genetic makeup, Haley. I can't not, I can't not apologize. And I can't not like overly explain myself. Caitlin, it's too late to apologize. Too late. Uh, <laughs> God, kill me. R.I.P. Timbaland. He's not dead, but he will be someday. Um, what? What? <laughs> Uh, So the dead man's hand. The students at the school for nurses got along quite well with one another, except for Alice. The trouble with Alice was that she was perfect. At least that's how it seemed to the other students. She was always friendly and always cheerful. Nothing ever upset her. Her school assignments were always on time and always perfect. She didn't even bite her fingernails. Fucking bitch. Um, (laughs) Many of Alice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get bent, Alice. Yeah. <laughs> We're terrible people. Goody We're terrible shoes people. And fucking fuck up once. Yeah, I say this as if I wasn't Alice. Um, many of the student nurses resented Alice. They would have liked to see her fail at something, become frightened, or cry, or do something that showed she had a weakness, like they did. One night, several students tried to frighten Alice with a practical joke. They borrowed the hand of a corpse they had been studying in anatomy and tied it to the light cord in her closet. No, that's not a practical joke. That's a hate crime. Yeah. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) When she tried to turn on the light, she would find herself holding a dead man's hand. (gasps) That would scare anybody, one of them said. I would throw up. uh, You think? If if it doesn't scare her, nothing will. After tying the hand in place, they went to the movies. When they got back, Alice was asleep. But when they didn't see her in class the next morning, they decided to find out what had happened. There was no sign of Alice in her room. But they soon found her. She was sitting on the floor in her closet, staring at the dead man's hand, and mumbling to herself. Alice didn't even look up. The joke had worked, but nobody was laughing. Is that the end? Mm-hmm. No bullying. Be best. You just broke this woman. <laughs> 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 she saw this hand and she fucking lost her absolute mind. To be fair, she had it coming. She did. She, she didn't bite perfect. her nails. <laughs> yeah. If you're perfect, you know what? You're gonna get screwed one day. <laughs> Believe me, I did. I have many times. Um, not like that. Oh, uh, please take over. All right. <laughs> um, 
This one is called Roommate Troubles. Same deal. It says it was creepypasta.com, but it wouldn't let me go to the link when I clicked on it. And okay. I believe this, I've talked to, I like, in one of the past creepypasta episodes, I, I had a story similar to this. But I read this one and I liked it. And I confirmed that it wasn't the actual one that I had. And if you hear beeping behind me, it is um, our dishwasher. It is yelling at me to open the door, and I shan't. So, <laughs> <laughs> roommate troubles. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I'm just clearing my throat. I'm getting my spooky story voice please, going. Ready? Please, please. <laughs> this actually happened to me a few years back Jesus at the Christ. University of Arts in Philadelphia. My sophomore year, I roomed with a girl named Kara. She was a jazz vocalist, but her main interest was opera. We had a small room. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't pull it together. I'm so sorry. You shut up while I speak. We had a small room on the sixth floor of the dorm- dormitory called Juniper Hall. The walls were thin, and her less- late night singing and voice practices would keep me up late. After a month or so of lost sleep, I convinced her to move her last night... I said last night. Late night practices to the music studios in the Merriman Theater building a block away. Around 8 p.m. one evening, Kara announced that she would be practicing late for an upcoming recital and probably wouldn't be home until around midnight. Great, I thought. That means I can go to bed early. I was beat. I'd had a horrible day in the acting studio and ready to pass out as soon as I had had dinner. She said goodnight and I left. Coffee and sheet music in hand. And she left. Coffee and sheet music in hand. I had some grilled cheese and soup, gobbled it down, and immediately began to prepare for bed. By the time I got out of the shower, my eyelids were so heavy I could hardly brush my teeth. I pulled on my PJs and crawled into the top bunk of our bunk bed. I was out as soon as my head hit the pillow. I should take a second to to describe the layout of the apartment. When entering the apartment, the bedroom was through a door immediately to the left. Our bathroom was inside the bedroom, just past the bunk beds. UArts is nice, but in the sense that you don't have to share bathrooms. Anyway, I woke up to the sound of the apartment door closing. I opened my eyes and groggily checked my phone, midnight on the dot. I rolled back over and closed my eyes. I heard Kara enter the room and stop in front of the bunk bed, checking to see if I'm actually asleep, I thought. She flopped down on the bed below me, which was strange, as she was a stickler for brushing her teeth and washing up before bed. Then again, exams were just around the corner and we were all exhausted. The mattress below me creaked and then it was silent. I couldn't even hear her breathing. I started to drift off again. I was just on the edge of a deep sleep when I startled awake again by a noise. A key in the lock. The door was opening, and Kara entered the apartment humming an opera tune. The mattress below me creaked. Finish the fucking story. That was it? No. We love a cliffhanger. No, no, we don't. I'm going to be thinking about this at night for weeks. (laughs) You just room with a boy you like now. You don't room with randos. Yeah, I know, but I do wake up in the middle of the night. Granted, it's almost always because Felix is standing on my chest trying to, like, suck my breath out of my body. But that's spookier. It's still, it's arguably spookier. I don't know. If you saw him, you wouldn't be particularly spooked by him. He but, can um, look at all directions at once. It's true. He can. <laughs> that in and of what's, itself is scary. What's your next one? All right, so my next one is coming up shortly as soon as my phone unlocks. Okay. So, yeah. My next one, as I mentioned before, that we would get to this later. Haley. Yeah. This one's for you. (gasps) And it's called The Bride. It me. 
Ew. Ew. She's the bride. I have um, a cup that says it. It's true. And it. I mean, what other qualifier do you need? It's true. Yeah. Fuck that ring. Um, yep. A young couple got married. <laughs> Me. Yeah. <laughs> I relate immediately. I know. So did I. <laughs> I was like, I know a young couple getting married. Okay. Um, a young couple got married, and after the wedding, they held a reception in the bride's grandmother's house. All their family and friends arrived, and they laughed and danced and sang long into the night. After their wedding reception, the guests decided to play a game of hide-and-seek. The groom covered his eyes and began counting to a hundred while his new bride and the other guests ran out of the room looking for somewhere to hide. Eventually, the groom had found everyone except his beautiful bride. The other guests began calling out her name and searched everywhere for the young woman. They began to grow more and more uneasy when they couldn't find any trace of her. Eventually, they gave up searching and everybody assumed that the girl had run away and left her husband. As the weeks went by, the husband accepted that his beautiful bride must have had second thoughts about their marriage. He decided to forget about her and go on with his life. A few years later, a cleaning lady was dusting in the attic when she came across an old trunk. Out of curiosity, she opened it. And inside the trunk, she found the rotting corpse of a young woman, still dressed in a bridal gown. There was a wedding ring on one bony finger. It was the missing bride. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah. She must have hidden in the trunk and accidentally locked herself No, it was another inside. fucking dead bride. Yeah. <laughs> it was his first wife. The house is uh, full of them. Yeah. <laughs> she must have hidden inside the trunk and accidentally locked herself inside. It was impossible to tell whether she had suffocated or starved to death. But her face was still frozen in a silent scream. She won. Happy wedding. I mean, don't play games. You're adults now. Quit playing you games with taxes. my heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, she had the best spot. I know. She won. I mean, yeah. and that's really what matters at the end of the day, I think, right? That's true. Yep. It had a happy ending. Also, fuck that husband for, like, checking for, like, a couple hours and then just being, yeah, well, she's gone. I'm going to forget about her. Seriously. I'm like, what the fuck is your name? Chris Watts? Like, he's just sitting there and he's like, oh, guess she's gone. Yeah. Not going to call anybody. Just going to call it. That's it. Find me a new wife. Let's go. All right. Uh, This one is called, it started as a leak. No. 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 It started. Is as a this leak. a leaky faucet? Uh, no. Okay, because my it's faucet is ceiling. currently leaking and I really don't want to have to think about it. Okay. Okay, well, here we go. Okay. So, <clears throat> the rainy season began in early summer and June had been no exception. It did not surprise the man when he discovered rainwater dripping from his dining room ceiling. Shrugging it off, he placed a tall pot beneath the leak and expected it to stop on its own. However, it continued to rain, and before he knew it, the pot would threaten to overflow. He had to dump the water out first thing in the morning and straight after he returned home from work. Eventually, he began to notice water damage at the source of the leak. The white ceiling had discolored, turning a dull shade of brown. He checked the weather and realized that it would continue to rain sporadically over the next 10 days. The man was worried about the ceiling mildewing and becoming an expensive repair, so he called a local handyman. Unfortunately, the man could not sign to have repairs done, only his landlord could. It was a frustrating policy. The man called his landlord but could not reach him. After 
He left him uh, a few voicemails detailing how the damage was becoming progressively worse. The man was clueless as to why his landlord would not return his calls. They usually kept in touch, speaking at least twice a month. Finally, he reasoned that he would not be held accountable for any damages sustained. One night, the man was startled awake by a massive thump. He quickly turned on his bedside lamp, and just vaguely he could see an overturned table and a large shape laying across it. He sprinted out of his apartment and called the police, gagging at the smell. The man sat in the police station with a blanket wrapped around his shoulders and a coffee mug resting in his hands. He didn't know one thing. There had been a dead body in the ceiling, and the water had saturated it so badly that it had caved in under the weight. So far, the body was unidentifiable due to the rainwater and being uh, autopsied. While the man waited, he called his landlord and finally reached him, panicking as, as he explained the situation. His landlord was just as alarmed, and the man pleaded for him to come to the station while he had made his statement. The man paused as a detective crossed over to him, and he lowered his phone, wondering if the body had been identified. His blood ran immediately cold, and he shook his head with terror. The body belonged to Richard Thompson, mm -mm. his landlord, mm -mm. and he had died over a year ago. No! That's not what disturbed him the most. If his landlord was dead, then who was pretending to be him? No! 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 Dun, dun, no! Dun. No! 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 Yeah. No! No! Yes! No! No. So the next time you have Absolutely a leak. Absolutely not. No, there's I'm a body not fucking. Up there. I'll just deal with the fucking leak. Yep, there's a body up there. No, fuck you. Bye. No. All right. Um, is this my last one? I don't think it's my last one. It's not my last one. I don't know where we are. Time isn't real. This one's called Aaron Kelly's Bones. Ooh. Right? Super cute. Creepy name. Love it. Love we it. love it. We'd love to see it. Aaron Kelly was dead. There wasn't oh, anything well. anybody could do about it, and to tell the truth, nobody cared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Starting off strong. <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Aaron had been so mean and unpleasant in his life that folks were glad to see him go. Yeah, Even his widow. Aaron. Yeah, I know, seriously. Even his widow never shed a tear. She just bought a coffin, put Aaron in it, and buried him. Good for her. Mm -hmm. And her name was Melania. No. Um, mm. But that very night... Aaron, Aaron got up out of his grave and came home. Oh, casual. Oops. His family was sitting around the fire when he walked in looking dusty, dirty, and disheveled. He took a seat next to the window. No, he took a seat next to his widow. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I can't was a read. Window. Um, he took a seat next to his widow and said, What's all this about? You're acting like somebody's dead. Who's dead? His widow looked at him and said, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Aaron said, Damn it, woman, I asked you who's dead. You are, said his widow, shaking like a cold dog in a wet sack. Me? Okay. Dead? said Aaron. I don't feel dead. I feel fine. I don't care how you feel, the widow said. <laughs> Die, motherfucker. <laughs> you look dead. You better get yourself back to the grave where you belong. <laughs> <gasps> wow. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like very brave to talk to a zombie like that. What a cold bitch. I know. I love her. I mean, he was a terrible person. Yeah. Aaron said, no, I ain't going back to no grave until I feel dead. He should go back to school. Oh, my God, said the widow. How long can this corpse last? Not long, mm. said her brother. Not in this hot weather. He can't last long. Yet, despite the widow and the weather and the heat and the rain and all, Aaron just kept lasting, 
and lasting. All he did from sunup to sundown was sit by the fire, rocking in his chair, warming his hands and feet. But his joints were dry and his back was stiff and every time he moved, he creaked and cracked like a dead tree in the wind. That's me. Here's the scariest part. Oh no. His widow couldn't collect his life insurance because Aaron swore to God he wasn't dead. What a fucking asshole. This bitch can't even get paid. Ugh. And she couldn't pay for the coffin because she didn't get the insurance. What a bitch. Just die already. Mm-hmm. And the undertaker said he was going to take back the coffin because it wasn't paid for. The widow told all of this to Aaron, but Aaron didn't care. Don't you miss me, he asked. Which, if that's not the most fucking straight white male. Fucking, ugh. God damn it, Aaron. Mm -hmm. And his wife says, miss you? How am I going to miss you? I ain't had no chance to miss you yet. You ain't gone. True. Mm-hmm. One night, the best fiddler in town came to court the widow. You know what them fiddlers do. You gotta be careful, those fiddlers. Mm-hmm. He had heard that Aaron was dead, and he wanted to marry her. He sat on one side of the fire, and Aaron sat on the other, stretching his arms and legs, and all the time creaking and cracking. By this time, he was so dried out that he was a little more than a skeleton. I'm worn out listening to him creak and crack, said the fiddler. Something ought to be done. How, do, how long do we gotta put up with this dead corpse, the widow asked. How long do we gotta wait until he molders? How long do we gotta sit in front of this fire, you and me and him? Aaron stretched himself and said, This isn't very jolly. Let's be jolly. Let's dance. Aaron is such a fucking cockblock. I know. Thank you. Let this bitch live. Yes. Who is he? Me? Um, <laughs> me telling Michael he's not allowed to move on if I die. Um, the fiddler got out his fiddle and began to play. Aaron stretched himself, shook himself, got up, took a step or two, and began to dance a jig. With his old bones rattling and his yellow teeth snapping and his bald head waggling and his arms flip-flopping around and around the room, he went. That's how I dance. Rumor has it that the song that was played was actually the Spooky Scary Skeletons remix. The 10-hour ten ten version. Hour yep, there yeah. it is! <laughs> the fiddler played and Aaron danced. Up and down the floor he danced. With his long legs clacking and his knee bones knocking, he skipped and pranced around the room. How that dead man danced. Okay. <laughs> but pretty soon, a bone came loose and fell to the floor. Whoop. My golly, look at that, said the fiddler. Play faster, said the widow. <laughs> <laughs> the fiddler played faster. <laughs> Crickety crack down and back, the dead man went hopping. Every time he wow. jumped, he cracked, and every time he cracked, another dry bone dropped on the floor. This way, that way, the pieces just kept dropping. Play, man, play, said the widow. <laughs> <laughs> the fiddler fiddled faster. Dead Aaron danced all the time, and all the time he danced, the bones kept dropping until all at once, Aaron crumbled and fell apart. His rib bones rolled around on the floor, and there lay dead Aaron, just a heap of bones on the floor. All that was left was his bald head bone, and it danced by itself in the middle of the floor, grinning at the fiddler and cracking its teeth. That head kept dancing. Bop, bop, bop. Don't know what a that bald, is. A bald head bone is a skull. Yeah, I know. Yeah, There's I know. There's a word for that one. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> 
Hitler said, oh my sweet lord, look at that. Play louder, cried the widow. Ho, ho, said the headbone. I'd be like, you calling me what now? What? Ain't we having fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> the fiddler couldn't stand it anymore. And he said, widow, I gotta go. And he left the house and never came back. Aw. I know. The family gathered the bones together and put them back in the grave. They were all careful to mix them up and lay them down crisscross and unjoined so Aaron couldn't fit them back together again. After that, dead Aaron didn't get up anymore and stayed in his grave. But his widow stayed a widow from that day to this and never got married. That dancing skeleton and his dead head, I shit you not, this is the last sentence, spoiled the romance. <laughs> Cockblock Aaron can't fucking let a woman live. It's just so funny to me. What's that movie with Eva Longoria where she's dead and her boyfriend moves on? And she's like, no, 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 no. We're still doing this. We are still together. No? You don't know that one? Ghosts of Girlfriends Past? No, god damn it. <laughs> no, that's the Matthew McConaughey movie. Thank you very much. Oh. Are you kidding? What do you mean? Oh, you didn't know that? No, I don't know what movie you're talking about. Oh, for heaven's sakes, give me like half a second i'm literally googling eva longoria dead fiance movie because i know that will bring it up over her dead body fantastic it is fantastic it's i'm yep. sure it's fantastic yeah it's got a 15 percent on rotten tomatoes it's 15? fantastic 15 <laughs> oof <laughs> it's All fine right, well paul rudd's in it so it's got to be good love i know I'd come back well, now, from the dead for him, too. Now I feel bad, because mine's horrible. <laughs> I mean, my last one is not fun. Yours was jolly, and mine just sucks. Yeah, because I needed to make up for the shitstorm that's to come. <laughs> All right. Well, this one's called When Charlie Goes Away, and it was on uh, Reddit Short Scary Stories by user Horror in Pure Form. And this is When Charlie Goes Away. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly tried to explain to me how he is sick, that I am lucky for the brain uh, that I have where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations like an undammed river. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine considering his, he's confined to a dark room in an institution. I always beg for them to give me to give him one last chance. Of course they did at first. Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter in duration than the last. Every time without fail, it all starts again. The neighborhood cats with gouged out eyes showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razors found dropped on the baby slide in the park across the street. Mom's vitamins replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. My parents are hesitant now using last chances sparingly. They say that his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy for him to fake normalcy, and to trick the doctors who care for him into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation. Little baby that Ted. That I will just have to... The what? Little baby Ted. Yes. <laughs> that I will have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he is back or they'll know it was me. What? Yeah, that's one that turns at the end. What? Yeah, the serial Holy killer is the one that's home. shit, I was right. It is little baby Ted. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, poor 
Charlie. Poor Charlie. That's so See, fucked. I connected with this one pretty quickly because brain broken. N- no, not brain <laughs> oh, broken. That's why uh, I connected. Okay. I <laughs> I don't know if anybody that I worked with at a previous job will remember this, but there was this little kid uh, who we worked at a pool, and so. Uh, the the little kids at the end of their lessons would jump off the diving board. So there was this one little kid. Oh no! Named <laughs> fake name. I'm gonna say his. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna say his name. His no, name's Maxwell. you're gonna. Get I don't sued. know his last name. You're getting sued. I don't know what his last name She's is. She's gonna get sued. So <laughs> this little kid Maxwell, the parent would go uh, jump, jump, jump Maxwell. Like, don't you want to tell Charlie? And we'd never seen Charlie before. So we were always like, Charlie doesn't exist. Charlie is like a figment <laughs> of the imagination. Or Charlie's the child that's like chained to the basement wall. Like that's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke we made. Jesus. About this kid. Jesus. So whenever we would threaten each other, we'd be like, don't you want to tell Charlie? Holy and, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. And uh, yeah. So it said when Charlie goes away and I was like, immediately. Yes, I know it. I get oh, it. I got yeah, it. Now we know what happened to Charlie. And now we yep. have a name for this kid. It's Maxwell, apparently. It's Maxwell. Now I'm getting sued, too. Jesus yep. Christ, Haley. There's a lot of Maxwells, okay? Who I may mean, or may not have a sibling named Charlie. And also, this mother uh, would push a baby carriage every single summer. Uh, and I was like, a child has never aged. So, that was uh, weird. Maybe there's a dog in it. No, it's definitely a child. God damn it. Yeah, it was a weird one. There yeah, was a lot of strange. weird people Maybe there. Maybe that's Charlie. Maybe Charlie's a baby doll. Oh, fuck. Yeah! Oh, oh, I love it. Oh, I'm getting no, there, sued. There's, there's something weird there. There's something weird going, going on. on. I, don't, I don't trust it. As Michael says, when sometimes he slips back into his redneck heritage, that ain't right. It ain't right. <laughs> it What's ain't your, right. You got one more? I got one more. Okay, so do I. So it's you called, go do your last one. It's called Harold. No relation to the one with the purple crayon. It's just called Harold. 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 There was an old farmer in Arizona who owned the best farm in the area. Everybody said his crops were the best and people came from all over to buy their goods from him. Whenever people asked him how he was able to grow such good quality crops, the old farmer would say it was all down to his scarecrow. That old scarecrow is the one I have to thank, said the farmer. He makes sure no crows or critters or pests come near my crops. The old farmer had built the scarecrow himself, and it was a fearsome sight. He spent months working on it to make it as scary as possible. He knew how important it was to keep pests away from his crops, so he gave it enormous straw arms that stretched out about six feet and blah, stretched out about six feet and big long legs that made it as tall as a tree. But the scariest thing about the scarecrow was its head. The farmer carved it himself out of a huge pumpkin. He spent countless days and nights perfecting his design until it was perfect. The scarecrow's face and head was so grotesque and ugly that even he was sometimes scared to look at it. But it was very effective, scaring away every rodent and bird that ventured near. The neighboring farm, owned by two young men, who were brothers named Josh and Harold, They were lazy and never did much work around the farm, which resulted in their crops being bad. They were jealous of the old farmer's success and were plotting against him. If they could drive him out of business, they could take over his farm and make more money. So, one night, the brothers decided to sneak onto the old farmer's land. 
They stole his prized scarecrow and brought it back to their own house, where they stuffed it into an old closet so nobody would ever find it. The next day, the farmer woke up to find his hideous scarecrow missing and all of his crops being eaten by rats and crows. He fell to his knees and cried, knowing that his farm would soon be out of business. Meanwhile, the brothers, Josh and Harold, were watching from their own property, and they couldn't help laughing out loud when they saw the old man's tears of grief. Hearing their laughter, the old farmer came over and asked them if they knew what happened to his scarecrow. The brothers looked him right in the eye and said they had no idea where his precious scarecrow might be. But you know I'll go out of business and have to sell my farm if I can't find my scarecrow, said the farmer. Sucks to be you, giggled Harold. Fucking dick. Asshole. I know. The old farmer walked slowly back to his house, his head hanging down in defeat and depression. That night, as Josh and Harold had trouble sleeping, they didn't feel any remorse, but they couldn't get the image of the scarecrow's horrible twisted face out of their minds. They decided they would never be able to sleep as long as that ugly pumpkin head was in their house. So they got up and dragged the scarecrow out of the closet. Harold took a baseball bat and smashed the scarecrow's head to pieces until all that was left was little bits of pumpkin strewn around on the floor. The brothers swept up the pumpkin head pieces and threw them in the trash. Then they went back to bed and were soon fast asleep, having put all thoughts of the disgusting scarecrow face out of their minds. Sometime after midnight, Josh and Harold were awoken by the sounds of scratching and clawing at their bedroom door. Did you forget to put the dog out? Harold asked sleepily. We don't have a dog, said Josh. Suddenly, the bedroom door burst open and a solitary straw arm snaked in through the opening. Then a second arm thrashed around, followed by two long stick legs. The two brothers were frozen in fear and could only look on with horror as the headless scarecrow's body rose up on its long stick legs and its long arms reached out for them in the darkness. Harold felt a cold, sinewy straw claw close around his ankle, and he screamed as loud as he could. He begged his brother Josh to help him, but Josh was already running out of the bedroom. Fleeing in terror, he ran down the hallway, crashed through the front door, and out onto the moonlit road. He ran as fast as his legs could carry him, puffing and panting and screaming at the top of his lungs. As he passed his neighbor's house, he saw the old farmer standing at the gate. In the moonlight, he could see the farmer just staring at him, with a strange smile on his face. Josh kept running, his bare feet slapping against the rough gravel road. He glanced back over his shoulder and saw something that scared him to his very soul. He saw the scarecrow running along the road close behind him. It was gaining on him, coming closer and closer. And that wasn't all he noticed. He saw that the scarecrow had a brand new head. And it looked a lot like Harold. Mm. Ooh! Spooky. We love to see it. Very nice. Right? Uh, I got one more. Okay. Called The Woman in the Oven. What? No. Yep. That's it's not, a, that's a, not a place one. where women belong. I know that that's probably sexist in some way, shape, or form, but they don't belong there. It's a spooky one. It's from Creepypasta Wiki. And here we go. 
During the summer of 1983, in a quiet town near Minneapolis, Minnesota, the charred body of a woman was found inside the kitchen stove of a small farmhouse. A video camera was also found in the kitchen, standing on a tripod pointing at the oven. No tape was found inside the camera at the time. Although the scene was originally labeled as a homicide by the police, an unmarked VHS tape was later discovered at the bottom of the farm's well, which had apparently dried up earlier that year. Despite its worn condition, the fact that it contained no audio, police were still able to view the contents of the tape. It depicted a woman recording herself in front of the video camera, seemingly using the same camera that the police found in the kitchen. After positioning the camera to include both her and her kitchen stove in its view, she turned on the oven, opened the door, crawled inside, and then closed the door behind her. What? After eight, yeah. After eight minutes into the video, the oven could be seen shaking violently. At this point, thick black smoke emanated from it. For the remaining 45 minutes of the video, until the batteries in the camera died, it remained in its stationary position. To avoid disturbing the local community, the police never released the information about the tape or even the fact that it was found. Police were also not able to determine who put the tape in the well or why the height and stature of the woman in the video did not come close to matching the body that had been found in the oven. Wait, what? Dun, dun, dun. The video shows somebody going into an oven and then when they find a person in the oven, it doesn't match the person that they saw in the video. Yeah, no, I understood it. I wish I didn't. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That's creepy. No, 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 no. No. Well, mm -mm. as a little bonus content, I found an article full of two-sentence scary stories. You want me to read you some of those? I mean, I don't, but I'm sure everybody else does, so let's fucking do it, I guess. I was scared when I saw my dad chopping wood in the backyard. It scared me even more to see that he was using the axe I killed him with. Wait, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. Yep. Mm -mm -mm. My last girlfriend always got creeped out by the 14 weird dolls I kept on display. Mm -mm. I have a new girlfriend now, and she wants me to throw out all 15 of the disturbingly lifelike no. dolls. No! No! Turning girls into dolls. Fuck that shit. No. Uh, as I looked outside my window, I saw a man just standing there. That would have been a lot less creepy if I didn't live on a boat. It's Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus isn't scary. Right? Yep. <laughs> They're coming for you. Yeah, I know. They're always coming for me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find a good one. Hold on. That one's stupid. I gripped the diamond ring with my left hand and the grenade's pin in my right. Whatever her answer, we'll be spending the rest of our lives together. Whoa! Yeah, that one's freaky. No, thanks. No, yeah. absolutely not. Oh, fuck. I found a nail in my tire. I think it was my neighbor. I was sure I'd gotten every bit of him off my car. Are you... Mm? That was a spooky one. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's just um, fucked up. Some of these are longer than two sentences. I'm calling bullshit on this article. That's fine. If they if they entertain, that's what matters. Uh, seeing a trail of footprints where they shouldn't be is one. It well, starting this one over. Okay. Seeing a trail of footprints where there shouldn't be one is never a good sign. Houston, we have a problem. I think what that's is like that an alien one on the moon. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah. I don't like that one. 
Oh, no, that one's... I don't like that one. <laughs> well. People say that losing an identical twin is the worst kind of grief there is. I guess that explains why my wife has been so different since her twin sister went missing. Uh-uh. I saw that SVU episode. That is not it. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. The rest of them are dumb. That's, that's fine. That was more than enough. What an end to this Spooktober episode. <sighs> yep. I mean... So... That was spooky. Yeah, so I'm gonna die. It's fine. I'm gonna say... Uh, I've been scraping the bottom of the barrel for some of these. Uh, it's not easy to find creepypastas anymore. So if you, listening, have a good creepypasta... Send it to us. You can email us at crimeculturepod, that's P-O-D, at gmail.com. And uh, we will save them for a future Spooktober episode and um, make it creepy. Make it cool. Yeah. I like the ones that turn at the end and you're like, oh, shit. So that's um, that. I like the ones um, that don't make me cry. Yeah. We're recording this early, so we don't have the results of our uh, poll yet for what movie we'll be watching Right uh, on Halloween. It's either going to be The House on Haunted Hill or The uh, Night of the Living Dead. I thought we weren't going to say the top two. No, those are the top two. I know. I thought we were going to not mention the top two. No, it's all no, right. No, we made that up. I made that up. We, I thought we were going to... my other whoever's your other co-host yes uh i forgot that we were going to record this early and i thought we'd be able to announce what movie we were actually watching mm. but we're gonna have to do that on our social medias that's fine so yeah keep a lookout for that halloween night we're gonna watch one of those spooky movies on a live stream and you can watch with us be in costume with us we're gonna be dressed spooky See, yeah, I was going to say, Haley keeps saying that to all of you, but behind the scenes, she keeps saying to me, I'm not dressing up. And I'm like, well, which the fuck is it? Uh, I have a spooky, uh, I have a spooky shirt and uh, spooky leggings that no one's going to be able to see and oh. uh, spooky hat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's the level of dressed up that we're getting. Yeah. All right. Unless you want to do a full face paint. No, it's fine. I'll leave my costume in the closet. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's it. Send us your creepypastas. Keep an eye out for what movie we're going to watch. And hopefully you can join us. Because mm. uh, Lord knows we got nothing to do on Halloween night. No. And hopefully you're staying safe and... Uh, away from people yeah hopefully you have nothing to do as well yes um so yeah watch out for all that stuff and we will see you next tuesday right next tuesday yeah. well technically next tuesday but we'll see them physically on saturday, saturday. yeah yes. so yeah. yeah that's back to your regular right. scheduled episodes starting on tuesday again same bad time, same bad channel. Thanks for joining us for Spooktober. It's been a really fun time. Yeah. I liked it. 
I yeah, it, it I will say it hurt less than I thought it was going to. It, did. it always does. Yeah. All right, bye. 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 Bye.